0: Have I swung clubs and attempted to hit round balls harder than I should have? Yes, I have. No, no, it turns out, no, that's not, that's not at all. TCAPS Golf is, is the name of this podcast, and this oh, isn't okay. a place that I want to well, go. Not, in that case, Greetings and welcome to a special dispatch from the desk of the director. My name is Larry Burden, and he's always sartorially sanguine. It's TCAP's Executive Director of Technology, Evan Obranovic. You think about that title kind of holistically, and it's actually pretty daunting. It is. Director of Technology as a whole. How do you feel about that? Does that keep you awake at night? There's many a nights that it certainly
1: uh, comes to fall upon me that there are going to be things that I'm going to get a phone call for, and I'm not going to be able to say, "Let me look into that" or "Ask the next person up," which is very daunting. Sometimes I go, "Wait, I am the next person up, and I need to have this answer or at least come up with one." So, yeah, those moments happen quite quite frequently.
0: And technology with a you know with a capital T spans a pretty large swath of uh, of topics. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about here. But before we do, before we do, I want to jump into the TCAPS loop Mm -hmm. moment of Zen. I've missed it. If future generations are to remember us more with gratitude than sorrow, we must achieve more than just the miracles of technology. We must also leave them a glimpse of the world as it was created, not just as it looked when we got through with it. Lyndon Johnson. Wow. There you go. Take that in, take a moment before we get into our topic of the week, which is really, I think, I'm really curious about this because it's a big topic that there's got to be so many answers. And I, I really want to understand how you actually wrap your head around this because speaking about how daunting this can be, I looked at this and was like, yeah, good luck with that. I'm glad that it's you, not me. So you brought up large-scale classroom AV updates, a district-wide update, looking at an entire district and how do we look at our audio-video set up in the classroom and look at it, I guess, holistically. So, how how do you do that? Give me the answers and share them with our listeners.
1: Yeah, it's it's a real easy solution. I think we'll have it all wrapped up in about 10 minutes. This will be a quick podcast. Um, <laughs> I like that. You no, know, when I saw, as I had mentioned, when, oh, it's, it's it was my turn to kind of think about what this topic is, the easiest low-hanging fruit was to go, okay, well, what am I, you know, racking my brain with right now? What am I thinking about? And and this has been one that started, so this is my fourth year here in Traverse City. And this started probably my first year, at least in discussions. Just the, the realization, um, I think in our case in particular, meaning Traverse City area public schools of how big, how expanse we are, but you're trying to set you know, some type of standard and expectation for what every student walks into the classroom and every teacher has access to, so how they can present that material. That's, it's a common theme, you know, when you talk curriculum, we have two high schools, whatever we do on the west side, we want to do on the east side to to make that equitable. And, And I think this one, meaning, you know, what they see again in the classroom, what the access is, is no different, but it's very easy to push to the side because, even though it's something this is kind of like this paradox in my my opinion even though it's something that people see interact with and use every day it's also very easy like i said to just kind of shove aside and be like well I, whatever is there and works it works and then i'm moving on because we all especially the teachers and the students have a million things happening and they're just like you know i don't necessarily have the time to go back and reflect and be like if this thing was tweaked, if I had this extra piece of equipment, if I if I had the time to pilot or test uh, this wonderful tool that I saw, man, could I see some major impact or even have the time then someone give this to me and let me try it for six months before we make a decision, which is I think the scary part for someone like myself, when you ask, how do you wrap your head around? So what am I going to blanketly apply to a district of 9,000 plus students um, and 17 Ish buildings with student spaces that is going to to meet all those needs, make everyone happy, which probably will never happen, but it will try, um, and you know, accomplish all those goals. And so, it, it's not easy to wrap your head around. Um, I think it's it's great conversation. It's something that, as you and I were just talking before we started recording, it's like it's not just a TCAPS thing. It's it's an education thing. Um, so that's nice in the sense you can ping, you know, your Peers elsewhere and ask them, what are you doing? And people ask us, which sometimes, like in this current case, is funny because I'm like, I'm trying to figure it out too. And they're like, how are you working this? Or, you know, what is your setup here in the classrooms? What kind of projectors do you like? Are, you know, some of these questions that are, I think, in current flux, particular for visual, right? Is it a projector, which has kind of been a standard for a while? Is it now a display, an interactive display? I don't know. I, I honestly, it's it's funny. We talk as our little group, and like I said, so when I early started this, we had this plan. We thought we were going to put it together. We thought we were going to be able to do it all in house, meaning kind of our team design it, put it out. And then as we got through like building number three, kind of trying to map it all out, we were like, "Whoa, this is this is a ton." Um, still wanted to do it. But we were almost like by the time we get to the end of this planning stage, I think my opinion's gonna change on what we should have
0: here. But the technology could change as well. Oh, so yeah. by the time you get through the planning process, what you're actually planning for is now obsolete.
1: Exactly. And that's that's the biggest trick and moving target for sure in the technology world is just like what's relevant today is easily not relevant tomorrow. Um, and we are the best case, you know, there's a lot of different places that have that same issue, but I think technology is just amplified, right? So just, yeah, exactly to your point, by the time we get through this, cause you want to do a thorough and good job planning, you know, y- you'd like to say that you could get all these things done in two to three months and then start, you know, getting equipment and planning for installs, but it's just not realistic. Maybe in a smaller district, I came from one that we only had three schools. And so it was an every year a different school kind of got a look and a potential update which was great and so i came from that world and then i got here and as we just kind of went over it's like okay this isn't quite as easy i can't just pick one school because that's the other problem you, if you do it in a district say this large and you pick one school and revamp it just as we talked about the technology evolving well by the time i get to school 17 we got Total opposite ends of the spectrum and what school number one has, which happens in its own right when we do updates just as a whole, right? We do some capital project things and we can make some improvements. You're like, oh, well, school A, they're looking pretty good right now. And then you're like,
0: oh, school C. I'm sorry, guys. Well, like, they're you're, so struggling. you school G. Yeah. That's oh, the yeah. problem. So, the, the learning <laughs> equity, Yeah. there's some serious, you know, educational equity issues there as far as the technology that could be in one school versus the other. And that's really, you know, you could, well, it's not even an argument. It's not fair for our students. Let's go through this sequentially. When you start this process, what do you, what do you start with? If you're looking at this as like a, a, a lean process, where what is your first step? So... It's changed a little bit,
1: in my opinion, kind of, like I said, from what we started. So how we're approaching it now, because we certainly are having this goal to make, make this change, significant changes, is taking a look at a room package as a whole. So that includes the projector. And, and then what we've tried to really do is then tone that down to some of those key few elements. What does every room need? That falls into the realm of what you would call or typically call classroom AV. What's the pencil? <laughs> I mean, I mean, really, the that's pencil. What the pencil. You know, frankly, for for my purposes, I, it's not my thing. So
0: what I'm saying is, oh, I thought you were asking yeah, no, how the no, pencil no, falls no, in. No, but 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 I think when we're looking at uh, the classroom 30 years ago, gotcha. Say every classroom, you need pencils. It's the device. So now, when we're looking at the AV of every classroom, what is the pencil? What is the what is the need, not the want, what is the need that we have to have in every classroom in our district at the same time? It's a little bit of a flux in my
1: opinion. So when I said device, I was, I was actually answering it as well. Meaning like the student and teacher device has become, as I think a lot of people would agree, the pencil and the paper to get a lot of it done. And that doesn't mean we throw out pencils and paper. We still like them, but there's just so much. Everything curriculum delivery-wise tends to have some type of online digital component. And so you need to have a standard there. And it feels like a lot of places, TCAPs included, which is great, have gotten to a point where that's pretty set and standardized. Um, We use Chromebooks for the students. We have a staff laptop that goes all the way, you know, Teacher K through 12 is all the same type of device, which is really great. Again, with that standardization piece, same Chromebooks for the kids, K through 12. Um, how they use them obviously varies. So that baseline is there. I think that's a piece of whether people, again, think about it as classroom AV. You don't have, you know, a teacher with the right device in their hands. Um, we've decided having that mobile, meaning the laptop version, is the best tool for that. And with the students, same, you know, having them a very easy access mobile device that we can afford to get in the hands of everyone, meaning one-to-one, is is crucial. You could argue that that could be the start and the end of it because there are a lot of options and tools to, you know, have that communication path, you know, whether it's a learning management system or, or something else. There's so many different ways to kind of um, crack that nut, so to speak, is... It's like, okay, I could run a class like this. And we all saw it in COVID. You you can run a class without being in a physical space when the kids all have their devices and the teacher has their device and they're there. And that's a classroom of some sort and they're using the online digital space. So we have that. But then now that we are back in person, which I think most people would agree, myself included, that is just a better environment for kids and for learning, having them there is huge. So that's good and we're glad we're there. So now you need to, again, approach it. Like I said, we kind of look at the whole package. So when a kid walks into the classroom, a teacher walks into the classroom, assuming they have their pencil in our case, which is their device, what are those other pieces that would then help kind of transform or, or create a space where that becomes plugged in? You know, we've pared it down. I think you can get crazy with it. Um, and that's something that has been a struggle for this whole time, like I've said, like how we've started to plan it. And like we we need a and I need this kind of tool and and dot cameras and, and uh, maybe a panel here and a projector and is it interactive. I mean, you can go to the moon, you can spend 10s of 1000s of dollars in a classroom. And I think for today, you know, as the time of this recording, we've really go, okay, we need a very basic but effective visual. So again, projector display, I think that debate's still out there, but what is that gonna be? Something that can focus the kids in the front of the room when they're not kind of grouped out. We need a very effective audio kind of delivery. So both from the teacher slash that that visual machine, how is it projecting audio? I think for us, what's become standard or at least expected is sometime a teacher voice amplification. Um, which, coming from my old district, was not. So you know, when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh, that's nice. You can microphone a teacher, and they can hear him a little bit better." But I've, I've seen firsthand how impactful that is. And so, in a good way, to me, that's kind of become we need that. So we need that to tie in. So it's like, okay, what's gonna what tool can deliver that easily? Really, then just the connectivity in the room. So everything now, it's like nothing's based on the device. It's based on. Can the device get to the internet quickly enough to bring back all these materials? Can, if I want to be wireless, which everyone does now and who can blame them, usually that actually relies upon the network. Those signals don't, some do, but don't often just travel over the air on their own uh, depending on what you're using to make those connections. So that's kind of where you're starting. You go, okay, so how can I achieve that? How can I get a good focal point visual An audio source that will both connect to that and amplify the teacher voice. And then what am I using to make those connections all around? Whether it's the obvious teacher device, say to the display. But nowadays we get the question so much: well, how's the student going to maybe share? Because they can't hold up their paper as much anymore. How are they going to be able to quickly share their work? What does that look like? Is it the kid student directly connecting? Is it the teacher being able to show, you know, find that and then show it up on the board? So, like I said, it started as a monster because everyone wants—you know—they see all the things. I want an interactive touchboard. I want all this, and and we've really kind of almost backed off that. And We go, give me a good visual, and give me some a good audio source that you know works. Why with did
0: you back off? I mean, besides, I mean, yeah. m- money, money notwithstanding. Yeah. So you had all the money in the world. But sure. There are other reasons to back off. What hurdles did you find?
1: I think the biggest hurdle is that it's a never-ending rabbit hole. So we're always going to be able to find or someone's always going to be releasing something that's going to pique someone's interest that adds this little bit of functionality that this group over here cannot live without. Um, And that's great. And that's not something we necessarily want to just totally deny. But again, when we talk about it, like I said, this big kind of mind blowing is how do we standardize it? How do we get a certain expectation that we can safely deliver on to know that whether you're on the west side of town in traverse city or the east side and you walk into a third grade classroom i i see the same kind of visual now it can be used in different ways but i hear the same high quality audio my teacher's voice is amplified and i know that i can connect in at least this way and i think you have so many ways that even when you set that base we go well we can always look at You know, what are different pilot programs or ways to bolt onto that to go down the rabbit hole? But that can be done on a much smaller scale with those who may be more motivated to do so and not putting the pressure on a teacher who walks into a classroom who may still be kind of, you know, we still have plenty of people who are figuring this whole thing out and being like, okay, connect here, plug your device in here. Oh, you can wirelessly transmit up here. If you want to get all your student devices, you're going to need to jump onto this network and make sure it's not the one next. You know, there's just so many variables that you could all of a sudden lay in front of somebody that's going to shut maybe your not most app teacher down right away. They're like, you know what, I'll just use the whiteboard. And so you're like, OK, so how do we get the easiest entry point, but with a high quality, meaning just the audio, the visual and kind of connectivity,
0: I guess, is those three pillars we're kind of focusing on right now. Does management ever come into play? It's one thing to have all these devices, but if you can't manage them efficiently, you can't get keep them connected in an appropriate way, they're no longer useful tools. I mean, where in the process, or does it? Or are you just like, okay, if we, 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 we can load all the devices we want, management's not a problem, it's, it'll be fine.
1: No, management comes into play. How do we make sure we manage all these student Chromebooks effectively and put the right rules in place? Same with the teacher devices. Management to me also then applies to, well, it can apply in the, almost the same sense of like, if I have a, a really nice projector, can I manage that projector via the network? Can I make sure they all turn off at 5 p.m. just to try and save some life on these things? Because again, we're going to have thousands literally out there. Um, and also just the management of, what does that, you know, next cycle look like? You know, when you talk like trying to future proof, which you'll never truly do, but again, Is this something that I could easily replace or upgrade like that to me falls within a management realm as well. And so all those things, it's hard to consider them all and do it well, but it's certainly something we try and do because it's not a one shot deal. It's going to be hopefully a big one shot deal to get everything kind of up to a level. But then if you don't plan for what's it look like in five years from now, what might I need to swap out or is what I'm buying upgradable? um or what is its lifespan just in general so i know when's these things when are these things going to start kind of dying or kicking out and i need to have the next solution so i don't get into the same pickle that i just spent millions of dollars bringing us up from so how can i do it in a systematic way so it's like well instead of say who knows five million dollars every five years to like again totally swap it out spend countless hours probably over the summer how can I do it in chunks? How can I say, well, I can get each building, say, by their projectors, if I do it within this month, like, okay, boom, I could replace that or if it's a panel. So I I could not say that I have those right answers. But those are things you try and think about. You're like, we got to have all this into play. Because what you want people to hopefully look back on is again, I walk in, I know how to hook it up. I feel comfortable whether I'm top tech guru, teacher, or I am I really am only using this because there's no other way to get my kids on their book, their textbook. Those groups are shrinking, but they're still there. And it's like so. But either way, they should hopefully be able to walk in. And then the students who come from all different experiences go, I walk in, I know Johnny and Susie next to me, whoever, they all have the same device. We're all getting on the same kind of tool. And then I know like, oh, was, I share it this way. If it's time, if I, my name gets called, this is how I'm maybe presenting to the class. And it doesn't matter where you are within our district.
0: The goal with any technology is to make it so it's not even noticeable, where it's just a tool that just works. Yep. To your points, A, if we're, if it's not something that we can manage, it's not gonna act like that. It's not. That's not how it's gonna appear to the end user. And if we don't have a replacement cycle set when we get the device, we have set the expectation that it's going to be there it's going to be something that's ubiquitous and it's just going to be usable and if we don't have a plan at the start on how to replace it suddenly that device might not be there anymore that's not going to make your user happy it
1: becomes you know essentially a lost effort now if you don't at least have the consideration there's always going to be constraints as we know especially in public education funding is a big one so there's going to be roadblocks that you can't prepare for. But again, like we I said, you need to have the plan to hopefully do it, all things considered. And then if you have the, the time, the wherewithal and the resources, maybe what's plan B or C as well. Um, we're dealing with that right now and just in terms of some other things about, okay, we can't do what our original plan was for say this this device we wanted to get. So how are we going to get at least close there? How are we going to get part of the way there to again keep the ball rolling and not just go stagnant, and again make everyone be like, Oh, sorry, everything's broken right now, or you know, everything doesn't work well. I'm just waiting for if I had you know X amount of dollars, I could do it, it again. Like you said, it is pretty daunting. Maybe talking to you about this was a terrible idea. Now I'm getting, <laughs> now I'm sweating,
0: which is what <laughs> I, I did want to get to the second bullet. It's really easy for different departments to salad themselves out from the end user. This is what actually we're, you know, going back to that management piece, this is something that we can manage. So this is what we're putting in your classrooms. Mm-hmm. When and how have you been most effective in getting the teachers and students involved in the conversations so that you're actually sure that you're fulfilling the needs of the end user?
1: In my time here, we did a small deployment of some some resources and material at the elementary level to try and again, it was actually related to classroom A V. So we looked at ways to make them a little more mobile without huge expensive changes like we're ho- talking about hopefully being able to do coming up. And how we tried to do that was, you know, I think everyone's first thought is, well, let's get some of trials or pilots out there in a few classrooms. And if everyone gives me the thumbs up, great, we're good. Well, we did that and we got the thumbs up, but then as, as the deployment happened and what we're seeing now is just, it wasn't enough. And, and what I mean by that is it wasn't enough consensus or or buy-in to see that everyone's enjoying using or even really cares that we put this stuff in. And so it really makes you think about, again, who, how do I get all these right people and spread it wide enough. You know, It's always economies of scale. I mean, like talking from, like I said, my past experience, it would have been much easier to do. And now it's like, okay, I have you know, this many buildings, spread across a huge area. How do I get the buy-in from all these different sites and teachers to be like, we see the vision here. Again, we agree with it. Hopefully we've contributed to it. We've given you the opinion. Right now, I I don't think we did a great job. We tried our best. What we're trying to do with this next iteration, because it is so big, is um, we're trying to tie into what's already been a district initiative, which is kind of our strategic plan looking at that which has multiple facets where lots of different stakeholder groups community teachers administrators are participating in and and a multitude of teams being created to try and address that both with some pushing and and hopefully you know prodding by us myself and the tech department about you know this needs to be an element of it um, but I think there was some vision as well just from the outside groups and planning to be like, we need to include, you know, what does this look like when we talk about? Again, it's not just curriculum. The technology doesn't match what we're trying to do, or we don't have, say, functional, well running um, systems in place with that. We're going to s- still have a problem. You know, it doesn't, we're going to go backwards. And so, therefore, it's been able to, you know, have a meeting with a group today to start that conversation and get their thoughts. And that's just teachers right now with, with a few administrators, myself included. But the, it's not the stop and end there, it's asking them to contribute. So how else do we get this word out? Who else needs to be involved, right? Like how, how are we going to gather, say that majority opinion? What other groups, um, is it teachers associations? Is it, is it other things that need to come to the table so that we just have a farther reach? and again i know that the data i get in is at least broad enough that we feel really confident and then can go confidently again to the board and say this is this is what we want to do this is a package so to speak of of where we think we need to be to upgrade this and here's the list so to speak of everyone who's like thumbs up it's not going to be easy and like i said i think that's where it shows to be a longer process than you'd hope we've had some discussions with other consultants as well just you know, outside eyes and ears and and thoughts are just as good. So if you close yourself off, which I think was our mistake in the first round,
0: then you're going to just have some problems. You're just not going to excel as much as you would hope. When in the process do you cut bait? When in a cycle do you go, we've got to have this up and running? And as you were saying earlier, you can go back over this in a month and be like, oh, there's new technology that we should probably include in this at some point in time, you have to be able to go, we're running with it, this is where we're at, this is the best we can do at this point. It's funny, it just, it brings me back to, as I
1: had mentioned earlier, the the first attempt, like as a total in-house design and th- that we did cut beta. And I just kind of distinctly remember us taking a look at it, you know, having, I guess you could argue a majority of it laid out, but just as we looked at all this documentation and planning, and as I said, kind of looked at where we started and where it was like, this is no good. And like making that phone call really stunk um, to just kind of have that discussion with everyone involved in my team and be like, I think if we continue with this, we're going to build something that we're not going to be proud of. When you say cup it's like, well, we did that. And so, yes, like and now that's why. As much as it can be painful to go slow and have these conversations, even when, as I just had described, we think we might have the solution, just in terms of kind of that basic layout, right? Okay, we got to temper our thoughts of how quickly this can go. Again, we want something that, whether I install it today or in six months, will achieve the base premise of what we want. And then we all feel comfortable, has this ability to maybe update, upgrade bolt on for like, again, some of you like go getters, there may be some options A, B, C, and D that you could go, well, we're going to do this, we're going to apply for this, we maybe get a grant for this kind of stuff, and it'll work with that. Great. So it's just like, we really got to have those conversations, lay out our thinking to that group and make sure everyone's on board, because then I think it's not going to matter, you're not going to get that defeated feeling. And you're just going to build momentum as opposed to watch it get halted. In this one, it's, I almost feel like I don't ever. I'm just gonna keep building momentum. And then maybe if we have to do some changes, there's at least gonna be a better process to kind of make those adjustments.
0: Like you said, it's gotta work and it's gotta be invisible. You had said it perfectly. It has become as ubiquitous as a pencil, these devices, which is a, you know, a testament to the job that you and the tech department have done. There's a lot more here we could start discussing how bond processes work if no, you really please want to don't. do. But please I, don't. Please I'm, don't. I'm already seeing your blood pressure go, Spike. This is supposed to be a therapy session.
1: We don't want to put anyone through that, you, me, or that, but it, it's a great conversation and it is therapeutic, but it's, it's therapeutic because it's also kind of based in some stress
0: to just get it right. Last question. This is the tech tool of the week. <laughs> what was the the device or tool in this process that you're like, we have to have this. This this is a non-starter. This has to go in to the plan. One that fed into
1: it, maybe not the sole reason, but a, a great tool and something that it, it can be applied to a variety of different options to do the same thing. And so What I'm saying is we had gotten to the point where we had, again, some super old bulb-based projectors, that were were terrible, and I remember we were looking in a room that we were installing a sound pilot in, something to help the sound. And we turned on the projector, and myself and Winnie Bell, the assistant director of tech, kind of looked over at the screen, and we said, "This is embarrassing." We're like, "That's a terrible, terrible picture." Like, I feel bad for this teacher, right? So it just like triggered this. So we go, "Okay, we got to do a band aid for this point again. We got to get these people up to something." And we found, you know, a laser. Projector from Epson that we really liked. And then it had, you know, as all their new ones, I believe, do, wireless projection built into it. And what the meaning very easily, especially if you have, say, a Windows device, you can connect to this projector and go. And we put those in. One picture is great, lasers doesn't use bulbs. And then when we showed those teachers again who were comfortable with it and not didn't want to turn the Apple cart too much, that oh, by the way, you know, you just hit the wireless project here and go find your projector and no need to dock anymore or plug it into that plug that's sitting over by your desk. It was just like, okay. And you can do it a lot of different ways. A lot of interactive displays have it. Other projectors, not just like an Epson thing, but it just kind of became, it's like, we need something that has this option. I think for now, you always want that hardwired option as well, just kind of as that safety blanket and in case you're, you're just going crazy with whatever you're trying to cast up there. But so many of those people where we put those in and you feel bad because we didn't put it in every room. We replaced literally the oldest one. So you might have new projector, kind of new projector, older projector, new projector. And like, so these two people in a room or a hallway of four, are like, this is pretty awesome. And the other people, oh, how do I get that? So we go, okay, this is what needs to happen. And so that one to me was like, It reinvigorated the cause. (laughs) Your canary in the coal mine is, what what device is making the other (laughs) teachers angry? That reinvigorated the whole thing. And it, it, again, had us take this step back to be like, we don't need to overthink it. It's like, maybe we just need to go really simple, but we can still do a good job with simple, right? And still set people up for success. But yeah, that was it. That was a
0: total kind of light switch moment. Awesome. Well, with that, if anybody has questions for you, where can they find you? I've had a lot of people connect with me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is kind of the way where we're... It's been going. going,
1: So same, you know, just find my name and I've had a few actual other directors reach out to me, which is great. Hit me up. And especially if you got great ideas that I don't, haven't spouted yet, I need them. So send them my way so I can feel like I'm on the right track.
0: All right. Well, hey, if you enjoy the podcast, rate and review, subscribe um, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Podbean, CastBox, Overcast... Bullhorn or wherever else you get your ear candy. Thanks for listening and inspiring.
1: Can everyone hear me well?